0: Hello, I'm Rachel Richards, former BBC correspondent, parenting coach, mother of two teenagers and two older stepdaughters. Hi, I'm Susie Asley, mother of three teenagers and mindfulness teacher. Susie, we're going to talk today about the impact of having teens who favour one parent over the other and later we'll look at how far we should allow our teens to express themselves through their clothes, hair, piercings... And even tattoos. But first, we've had more wonderful feedback. Um, And this time it's all the way from Australia. Susie.
1: Yeah, really, really lovely feedback. Um, I'm just going to read it out. Dear Susie and Rachel, I cannot thank you both enough for your podcasts. It has literally been my saving grace. My daughter is 12 and a half, and navigating the dramatic overnight change from baby girl to tween has been tricky. I am naturally reactive, and your podcasts have been therapy for me, giving me the tools to change my habits. And today it worked. As we drove to school, I asked her, what's the goss? After a few nothing much, she told me about this girl from another school who was being mean to her. Instead of reacting, I had your voices in my ear saying, listen, repeat, listen, repeat. Silence is okay. Active listening. And she opened up more and told me everything. I gave her a couple of calm suggestions just at the drop-off point, And she got out of the car saying, okay, thanks, mom. A few weeks ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this without reacting and giving my opinion. It felt so empowering and I was so grateful that she opened up to me. I absolutely love your podcasts and I'm listening to them again. A big hug and thank you to you both. I'm so grateful that you're both sharing your wisdom, anecdotes and advice. Wow! Well, what beautiful. That's really, really touching. And a hug yeah. back. That's yeah. Absolutely. Hug back. Yes, Passive. we're. <laughs> I think really that that's touching. the whole point. The podcast is
0: uh, is supposed to be a bit of a hug. And yeah. we all overreact at times. Yeah, I, I sometimes you. jump. I think, oh, I know this one. I know, and Yes speak before, I think. So, we all suffer from this, but it's great that you're learning those skills. And noticing the
1: reaction. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: And it's very positive. So, before we move on to our latest subjects, I also wanted to scooch back into our last conversation about swearing, because I forgot to talk about the written version. And I know, Susie, you swear at home a lot. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> I think we've all established that. Yeah, stop, um, <laughs> But what do you think about your teens swearing in messages? Have you even discussed it?
1: No. And you asked me this earlier and it's really made me think. So I'm going to have this conversation this evening. We haven't discussed it. And I think I think it's really important that they, they don't because of... You know,
0: yeah. So I have talk to my kids about Mm. it and I think it's a no-go zone and I you know obviously they'll do what they want and I don't sit there checking their messages but I've said to them what you need to understand is even if your friends are swearing on messages you don't know when that party's going to stop and someone's going to take offense at something you've said or screenshot it or anything and just in the same way that you probably don't want to show your boobs to the entire school of boys, <laughs> you probably don't want the entire school to see something that you've written that's offensive. Yeah. So best not to put it into a text. If you're going to swear, I'm um, you know, that's fine. I don't really care. But do it amongst your group yes. without, in you know, having some record of it that yeah. can be passed around and for people to then continue bringing it up. Who knows, years from now. Yeah,
1: no, that's important. I'm going to be having that conversation.
0: And my kids are completely cool with that. They're really sort of mm. like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, some, some parents are going to call me and say, I've seen your daughter say <laughs> 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 Guaranteed. Anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for that. Because that's a really good tip, actually. Yeah.
0: Now, our main topic today is what to do if the teenager favours one parent over the other. We know teens love favourites, don't we? I mean, they're always talking about their favourite bands, favourite YouTubers,
1: I mean, you name it. Yeah, Yeah, my kids have a thing, not so much right now, but for weeks they were like, we had family jokes about who was the favourite child. And, you know, if I just said something to one kid and the other one would go, see, that's the favourite child, I'm not your favourite. Or if I said something nice, see, I'm the favourite child. It was a bit of a joke. (laughs) <laughs> it was quite funny
0: yeah i mean it's people joke about it but i have seen quite a lot of complaints particularly from mothers where they feel huge pain because yeah. they feel like they're the people doing all the work putting in all the boundaries and then getting none of the good love back because the teen favors the father
1: yeah i think it's really painful um i think it's like a primal thing and i think it can be you know either side i've heard lots of mothers as well and i think we have to. Um, yeah, it's a, a primal feeling of you know real pain that the, you're being feeling rejected by your own child, mm. um, and I think we have to manage that really carefully. <laughs> and yes, look at what's behind it and how we how we deal with it, and it's often you know we have to be emotionally really mature about it. I think, I mean, I I'm not with the father of my children and um, so it's different if we're not in the same house and the same family um, it just gets exacerbated I think I was going to say because actually you must have I mean you're
0: the primary caregiver mm. and they go to their father yeah but that very often causes other problems mm. I, you know for divorced parents where you know, they don't want to go to the other parent yes. or they favor one parent because when they go there for the weekend, yeah. it's really fun. There are no boundaries yeah. in terms of electronics. There yeah. are no, you know, they can eat what they want and it's very galling for the parent yeah. who's doing all the hard work.
1: Yeah, we've had all those scenarios many times and I, you know, they're they're with me most of the time. Um, I think, you know, again, it's the whole mantra of it's a phase, everything passes. So when they favour a parent, Mm, um, I think it's often, you know, if we can remind ourselves, it's just a phase (laughs) Um, and allow it to play out and then check in with ourselves. Because, I mean, there can be real reasons at the root of it, you know, perhaps we're behaving in a way that is pushing the the teen away um and looking at that but looking at our role in it and also looking at um what's in the best interest of the child long term because that can be really difficult to look at when we're we're experiencing immediate pain we want to fix it we want it to go away whereas actually the best thing for the child long term is that they have a good relationship with both parents um so true as adults otherwise they have to you know unpack it and 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 mend it so we need to park our own pain and and deal Mm. with it in our own way why is it so painful for me to feel like the not favorite what am i doing what's my role in that how can i how can i manage that um and what am i maybe doing to make it worse and maybe it's fine for the kids right now to you know be daddy's little girl or whatever whatever it is um because that's in their best interest and i can deal with myself as as a as an adult
0: yes it's and hard, though, really it hard. does it does kind of come out in the wash if both parents are being reasonable and i think that I was concerned with my stepdaughters as they were growing up because that was a very complicated dynamic. And I was worried that they weren't really seeing both sides of the coin and that it would be difficult for them. I think it's really important that they do have a relationship with both parents because mm-hmm. they need to see that relationships are complicated yes. and that they and that people have very different things to offer and one of the things we can do is we can we can champion the parent who is not the favorite at the time and yeah. say wow you know they offer this yeah so stepping in is a very important role yes. so i was and probably still am i think i'm the favorite parent <laughs> <laughs> so hilariously, I, I saw a video that was 11 years old uh, this Sunday, which was Father's Day. And it was when my daughters were had decided to do a deep, big display for their daddy. And we were at his mother's house and they were dressed in beautiful dresses. And they would like, Daddy, we want to sing a song for you. And they sang the whole song. And it was things like, you know, when I'm frightened, who dries my tears? When I'm hungry, who makes me dinner? And then at the end, they're supposed to sing Daddy, Daddy. But because they practiced it for Mummy, they sang Mummy, Mummy. <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> funny. (laughs) We all sat there laughing. (laughs) And luckily, uh, my husband, he's fine with that. But I can imagine if you were the person who it was supposed to be dedicated to it and it was a touchy subject for you, that would be very painful. Yeah. And, you know, what I've done to try, because I'm really keen for my girls to have a very close relationship with their father. And so I often say, well, why don't you go and ask daddy about this? You know, he knows more about that, even though I think I know more. Um, and <laughs> I, I will I will try and I've actually learned to step away. Mm. So I will go away yeah. for a day where I, it used to be me running everything. And I realized it's much better for my girls to be, on their own because I think oh god they don't even talk to each other what's yeah. going to happen if I leave them on their own well funnily enough they cope and they actually yes they work it out so sometimes we need to step away
1: from the situation yeah. and accept that trying to get more involved yeah. isn't really helping and also recognizing that um, our children get different things from different parents and that we're not supposed to tick all the boxes um, yes that you know, we, we give them different things and some, sometimes we give loads because they're in that particular developmental stage or there's something going on in their life that is really relevant and we can help them with or be with them with. And sometimes it's the other parent. Um, and it's having the grace and the maturity, the emotional maturity to step aside and go, this is, this is fine for my child. It's, it's maybe painful for me right now, but I, I will look at that myself and let the child do what they need to do. And, the, and look and- at the dynamics because we have that dynamic with, with the relationships in general that there's often somebody who's a bit more needy pushing and then mm. another person who sort of steps back a bit that's always the balance and then if the needier one the pushy one pushes a bit more kind of where are you where are you where are you if you're you're pushing mm. pulling away then though the one who doesn't like it steps back and goes you know get off my case <laughs> a little and the, personal space yeah here, the more yes. you, the more pushing goes on the more they step back and then it becomes this horrible cycle and as we all know anyone who has a teenager knows they just want their own space they mm. want you to go away <laughs> until they need you and then they want you there immediately <laughs> immediately 11 30 at night yeah when you're trying to go to bed they're looking at our own dynamic yes. are, are we pushing maybe more than is is nice or yes. or just looking at the dynamic bit and awareness and awareness, looking inwards. What how am I contributing to this? What mm. can I do? And things like
0: um, I, I saw a mother who was very upset because she said, you know, I can spend all day cooking a meal and, you know, I've I've washed all the laundry, I've done all this stuff. And the kids come in yeah. and because I'm just trying to do the last bit, yeah. my husband will say about the meal and then will say thanks for the meal, Dad. Yeah. And she said that just infuriates me. Yeah. And I have basically told my kids you know no so the response is thank you mummy for this delicious meal I don't care if you like it or not that's what you need to say to me because I'm not a good martyr and I told my family very clearly that I can't do the old because you're wonderful you're this lovely cosy loving mother who's happy to put you told me you like you know so you do these things for your kids and I and I I, you know if I feel resentful about doing something I won't do it and I'll tell them I'm sorry that's not my job and I'm not you know I love you but I'm not putting all your clothes back in your room.
1: They're in the laundry room. You go and find them. That's really good communication. And I'm not always like that, just for the record. (laughs) Actually, last night, and I think humour is really important. Humour can be so helpful, especially with teenagers. Um, And so, for example, last night, my eldest was... um, Complaining about not the particular dinner I'd made, but he was saying he was making some comment about some dinners I'd made, and it was all it was all in joke. And we've had this conversation many times. It's just funny, and he knows he knows it's kind of a funny thing. Um, and he was he took it a little bit too far. It was funny, so I actually threw a glass of water at him. <laughs> Brilliant. That stopped him talking. Wow. It was very funny. Um, Wow. He was quite shocked. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he didn't talk about the dinner afterwards and just went and changed his (laughs) T-shirt.
0: So there's um, a psychotherapist who wrote a book, The Favourite Child, who says favoritism is usually harmless unless the parent makes... The child feel guilty about who they prefer so or they're trying to buy favoritism so you can't try make them feel guilty about favoring the other parent because it becomes manipulative and and also this trying to buy the favor is you know it's considered by courts to be manipulation and and it's really not something we should be doing so you know and the kids the teenagers will gravitate towards the cool parent
1: yeah this is normal right there is cool and there's also safe isn't there and yes. I think confi- and they, they gravitate towards safe as well i mean i think it's i think that's really relevant and i love the way that you give your uh, your husband space so that he can then step up and they can have that relationship i do think it's really um, complicated when when the parents aren't in the same house and maybe it's not amicable um, because then it can so easily turn into manipulation um Often with the best interests, you know, you, you think you have the best interests of the child at heart, but it, it rarely works out that way. And that can make it really complicated because maybe there is a, a different consequence, you know, where they want to live in a different home or they don't want to go and visit the other parent. And, you know, the, the consequences are bigger and, and have long-term effects mm. so it's really important that we can step back and I've, I have found that really testing because we've had lots I of things imagine. over the years of you know it's it would be so easy to just badmouth the other parent and that is never in the child's best interest never ever 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 it's only painful for them um, and it's really tempting um, so if we feel them pulling towards the other parent we have to just you know I think it's really it important ourselves. from what I read <laughs>
0: that you have to be explicit with, in particular a scenario like that, with the the teenager and say you don't have to pick sides. Just so you know, because I think one of the things that our family dynamic struggled with was this sense of, you know, am I being disloyal to one parent by wanting to be with the other parent yeah. and or spending time with the stepmother or w- whatever and i think the way in which we can help our teens is even if they are infuriating or you see them in manipulative behavior you you kind of have to support the teenager yes. and say you don't need to pick a side no that's really important that's really good we, we love you unconditionally yeah.
1: and also the other the other side of it is and i have this as a bit of a mantra it's not personal. I mean it feels yes, personal and it kind of always. also is personal but teenagers are massive opportunists. <laughs> like massively, I mean we all are. Aren't we? <laughs> but they're particularly. So they're like looking at the particular situation they live in the moment. Their brains aren't finished for me. What do exactly. I want today? What do I need today and how can I get it? <laughs> Mum might be the quickest route or dad might be the yes. quickest route so they go yes. there go and to they, the one who'll give it to you they kind of do whatever it takes and you know we go and then take it awfully heavy and mm. personally and, and, and often it isn't
0: and i think when you know that there is a favoured parent whichever one it is because it does change and it can change by day mm. or it can change by sort of progression through their growing patterns The important thing that your partner can do is actually be aware of it. So sit them down and explain to them how it's making you feel. If you feel that they're constantly taking all the glory and you're feeling very um, put upon, have a conversation outside of earshot of the the teenagers and say, can you not champion me a bit? And because it's very healthy for the teenagers, for the parent who's favored to say, have you noticed? Yeah. You know, and so I will often say, oh, daddy does this and he does yeah. this because they don't notice what the parent's no. doing for them. So and he did
1: that back to you once, didn't he? Oh, so he did. It was brilliant yeah.
0: because, you know, I mean, I'm always saying, you know, you know, OK, I know he's not doing this, this and this, but he is doing this. And um, and then they'll go, oh, because they won't have noticed. And there was one day when my one of my daughters was being really quite unpleasant to me. And I was so upset that I actually felt quite tearful. And I went up. I just said, you know, I'm not going to stay in the room right now. I need to leave and just go and be by myself because I don't want to have conversations with you. And my husband turned to her and said, I don't know why you're talking to your mother like that. She's your biggest champion. She's on your side every moment of the day. So beautiful. And. It took her 10 minutes to think about it and then she came up and apologized. And wow, it's had an amazing impact Mm. on our relationship because sometimes our teens aren't thinking and they're not Mm. noticing because it's all about them. Mm. And that's, you know, we can't blame them for that. We've all been teens. We've all done that kind of. And sometimes we're very all about us. So we need to be supportive Of, of them seeing
1: the bigger picture. But what a beautiful role model that is as well. As, Amazing. And, and what a great guy. into a team and shows your daughter how, you know, you can stick up for each other. And it's really beautiful.
0: It's really beautiful. And we can do that also with the, I mean, obviously when you have gone through a divorce, I haven't yet seen a divorce that hasn't been unpleasant mm. because, you know, you could be quite amicable going up to it and then going through it can be really difficult. Mm. So I'm sure there are <laughs> amicable ones, but it's a very hard thing it's to go stupid. through. And to be, being able to say, look, it didn't work out for us because we're fundamentally different people and we couldn't live together. Yeah. But, you know, your part, your parent does this for you. Yes. And, they, you know, this is the role that yeah. they're trying to fulfill and they love you.
1: Yeah. And if they're struggling with something particular they've done, I mean, I've I've done this with my kids if they've, you know, found something difficult, you know. It's so tempting just to sort of jump in <laughs> and give you a tuppence. Mm, yes. But, you know, you, you know, a reply I often use is, you know, I don't know why, but I'm sure I'm sure they have their really good reasons. We, we don't know what they are now, but I'm sure they have their good reasons. You know, ask them.
0: Yes, um, encourage them to talk yeah. to the parent rather than because very often as the preferred parent or yeah. the parent who's there,
1: yeah. we'll try and
0: second guess what they're thinking yeah. and actually encouraging them to talk to that parent. Yes. It's a life skill.
1: Yeah, it is a life skill. And also on that. On that note, we can also talk to our teens. You know, if we feel that our teens are, are um, you know, pulling away from us and it, that feels really difficult and really painful, then, you know, there are loads of options. And one of them is to have a conversation with them about it and say, you know, you're noticing that it, they're pulling away and w- what do they need? And, yes. and, 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 and yes. uh, But then accepting everything they say, you know, not going in and going, yeah, but you can't have that. <laughs> You know, do you need space? Do you want me to leave you alone? And if they go yes, then that's what they need for a while, and it's a phase; it will pass. I remember when my eldest was—he was struggling with his back—and I was totally in his face about physio. Had to be, and um, and um, he would, you know, occasionally go, "Can you just go? Can you just leave?" <laughs> and I would be like, "Oh." Um, okay, and and my you know the the immature part of me would go, oh, that's not very nice, <laughs> and then I would talk to the older part of me and go, okay, yeah, he he wants space, okay, I don't have to take that personally, okay, yes. fine, I'll see you later, yes, and then he's fine again, yes,
0: and and remembering that there's there was a brilliant quote from. The psychologist, Dr. Donna Rockwell, who said there is no such thing as a runner up parent.
1: No, I love that.
0: They're just different parents, you know, offering different roles and our kids need all of them. And actually, one of the things I've noticed when we were in family gatherings is so interesting. My older stepdaughters, I noticed one of them gravitating to one of the members of the family. Mm. And I thought, how I never would have put them together. You know, but she loved chatting to her. Mm. And that made me realize that even though I thought, and I do know my stepdaughter quite well, uh, sometimes they need something else. Yes. And that's okay. And actually having a big, you know, lots of members of the family or any members of the family who are not you, who can bring something else to yeah. the party or some other perspective is a good thing.
1: Yeah, and when that triggers us, which it will because it's painful, that is our opportunity to look at that ourselves. Why is that so difficult and how can I how can I heal that in myself because it's actually nothing to do with the kids. That's our own stuff. And also
0: I think we can also look at when we get upset. So for example, our teen likes going out and playing ball you know, with the dad, mm. and I think, oh, you know, I, they're always having fun, and I'm having to do all this. Mm. Well, drop all the stuff you're doing, yeah. go out, and say, right, I'm playing ball. Yes. See, because sometimes it tells us what we genuinely want.
1: Yes, so we've so taken true. on
0: a role that we thought we had to fulfil, yeah. and that, that that anger or. Upset is telling us something yes, that so we important. want to have more fun. We'll go and have more fun, yeah. and just to
1: and if they say, "Well, hang on, who's doing that You just say, "Well, I don't know which, which one of you is going to do yes, it. Do it later. We'll do it
0: later." <laughs> we'll do it later yeah, right? That's so
1: important, and that's what, what we always say, isn't it? Our triggers are our opportunities. If if it's mm. triggering you, why, why? What's going on? Yes,
0: and one teen I saw talking about this said, "Just remember that the the parent that we are choosing or the parenting style we're asking for." isn't necessarily what we need (laughs) so please don't just give in to us you know because because they quite like some of the boundaries they quite you know they may be saying oh I like daddy because he's giving me you know he's taking him out for a burger and he's letting me do what Mm. I want but actually they're very grateful I mean what my one of my teens just yesterday messaged me and said please can you uh change the password for Netflix (laughs) Because she'd got hold of it and mm. she'd been watching, she said, "I just, I just need someone to just stop me."
1: Mm, amazing, and yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it hadn't. I just was yeah. bad parenting. I hadn't really been thinking about it. But for her, she and she likes, she wants the boundaries. Yeah.
1: Sometimes there's a slight relief in it when you say mm. no, isn't there? There's like, oh, I really want to, really want to. You're you're really mean and unreasonable, and oh, thanks. <laughs>
0: now I don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't have to calm my own chimp. It's yeah. my mum who has to or do it for me. Later
1: on, I'm at my eldest, particularly now he's a bit older, he he remembers back to some things and and we've had some episodes which have been quite challenging and difficult with with living here and his dad and and different different aspects and later we've had conversations about it where he's he's actually gone you you did the right thing mum you you put in you 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 helped me with that by saying no yes which has been unbelievably um spine chilling <laughs> yes yes wow. um but you know they do they do
0: and that's yeah. that's on that note you know having having two older stepdaughters just take a breath and don't panic because they it all sorts itself yes, out. And yes. that's what I've learned. It just yeah. sorts itself out. They're amazing, wonderful, wonderful people. Yeah. And I'm so grateful to have them in my life. Yeah. And it's not always easy, but trust, trust the process. Yeah, trust It'll the process and,
1: and the long picture so yes. that when it's, you know. Work when it's, for the long picture. When they're rejecting you in this moment, it's really painful. But the long picture is it's, it's everything.
0: I was listening to the most amazing podcast, which involved the chief negotiator of the FBI, who's written a book, and I've forgotten his name. But one point he made was he said anecdotally with us as negotiators, and scientifically, we know because this has been tested, where they put probes on people's heads and they challenge them with really uncomfortable emotions. And he and what happened was, when you are able to identify, either identify the emotion for them or they are able to identify the emotion and give a name to it, the electrical activity diminishes, yeah. which I thought was absolutely fascinating because it then made me think of the people who are self-harm mm. being unable to identify or frame the emotion that they're experiencing and also the damage that's done to boys when they're not allowed to express their emotions and think about their emotions and how we as parents can make such a difference yeah. to ourselves as well as our teenagers by saying, OK, what is this? What yeah. is this emotion? And, and if you see the emotion in the, in the teenager, try and identify it for them. They'll tell you if it's not that. Yes. But try and give them a word for it because it is so
1: supportive yeah. and so healing. That's amazing and I'll write it down um, and that's the power yes. of therapy, isn't it? I mean, yes. that's a, the next stage stage of it. That's why it's so
0: important to verbalise things. Yes. Mm. And one last thing before we leave this topic. Usually, even children who are being very badly abused by their parents love their parents. They want their parents. Mm, yes. They want their parents and they want... Their- this is why the courts don't like to take kids away from their parents. If the child, if your teenager is completely rejecting you and there's nothing like you're not being completely authoritarian you know there's nothing specific that you can see that's neglectful whatever they may have um some kind of personality disorder so it's it may be worth getting some therapy or talking to a professional about you know the signs you're seeing because it might be something else Anyway, have you struggled with favouritism in your home? How have you coped? We'd love to hear from you. Our email is help at teenagersuntangled.com. You can also reach us via our Facebook page or Instagram. We read everything. So (laughs) just get in touch. We love it. Now, Susie, should we let our teens express themselves the way they want? Nails, hair, piercings, tattoo, clothing? I ask because Tamara's son graduated aged 18 and wanted royal blue nails to celebrate. Tamara's not keen doesn't like them but she decided to pick her battles while she was painting his nails his stepfather walked in on it and said real men don't paint their nails
1: Uh, that's A whole can of worms, isn't it? A whole can of worms. We're not going to go
0: into the whole LGBT thing because we will will cover that. Yeah. Because she ended up in a fight with him over Mm. it. And, you know, my instant reaction is that's a man who's stuck in that man box. Yeah. And probably needs some help getting out. Yes. Or you just leave him, whichever. Um, (laughs) But the father was, you know, it really incited anger in him. So coming back to should we let our teenagers blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What do you think, Susie?
1: Well, you can probably guess. <laughs> no, come on, tell us. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that fussed. Um, I'm not that fussed what they do. I, I mean they my kids know and I've said it explicitly that their bodies are theirs and they get to do what they want, as long as it's, you know, within the limits of not damaging. And at a certain
0: age... OK, um, so what age? Come on, so we've got... Well, depends on what. We've got a piercing. Look, Yeah,
1: hair dye or piercing. What age? OK, well, piercing... Um, my boys don't want their ears pierced, so I have a daughter, um, and she was 10, and she had wanted it for 18 months and, like, almost daily asking, asking, asking. So I'd set 10 as as the as what I thought. Why 10? Thought. Well, it was a bit of a quick think, because she was... Eight and I went oh 10 that feels quite uh, far away <laughs> thinking Isn't that she how might games <laughs> and she didn't she forget. wrote it in pen on yeah. her arm yeah she she tattooed it on notion <laughs> 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 she um, by the time she got to 10 she was like so I'm 10 now I can have it and, and actually she it was such an important thing to her and I felt that she was able to take care of her ear you know keep it clean that she's quite you know she's quite sensible um, and so we had it done. I, at the time, I didn't realize that she, nobody else her age had ears oh, pierced. Because I'm not really fussed about what other people do. Um, so that was a bit of a so what cat to the pigeons. Well, she got her ears pierced and everyone went, oh, now I want mine done because Emily's got hers. <laughs> and,
0: and how did the parents react? <laughs> I'm not sure. Because that must have put pressure on them. Probably, yeah, um, I didn't get involved because I think this is a community thing.
1: Oh, it totally is Stay it totally. is thing. So it's really important. We we stop and we listen and we go. Yeah. What do I think is okay. Of course, we're influenced by the culture we live in. Of course, we yeah. are. We'd be crazy to say that we're not. Um, but and the kids are coming home going, yeah. Well, Johnny, everybody else is having. Yeah, it. and yeah. I always say, well, that's very nice for yeah. everyone
0: else. <laughs> yeah, if you don't How agree, lovely. with it
1: like if you didn't want them pierced, then that's completely fine. Mm-hmm. There's you know, there's no judgment there. Hair dye. Um, oh, and, and Emily now has a second piercing, and she's she's fourteen which I'm completely fine with but totally respect if people think that's not okay um my sons I I always like to get to the summer holidays because I I do struggle a little bit with uh the You have to look a particular way in school. I Mm. think, you know, we're only young. We're only teenagers once. Yes. It's like one of the most expressive times in your life. You know, go for it. Yeah, you you can't do these things once you've got it. You can't turn up with blue hair. Yeah. Well, also, they're you know, the personalities, they're trying themselves Mm. out. So you do that, by the way. You look particularly as a teenager. So the whole school uniform, you have to have a certain hair length, really doesn't sit well with (laughs) <laughs> mm. um but holidays go for it you know my I think my son was I don't know what was he 13 and I bleached his hair and nice it was really fun yeah love it <laughs> and his hair grow out he's got really doing. dark hair I bet your son's got dark hair. he's got dark naturally. hair, not quite as dark as mine but yes. it was proper blonde it was really wow fun. <laughs> what fun and then he didn't like it and cut it off so you know oh, there you no, are he, and that's what you can do. So so the, so
0: coming to this, it's actually if it can just grow out, yeah. you know, if, it, if it's not going to actually make permanent changes, mm-hmm. then I'm with you. But the whole thing with piercings is interesting because with my both my daughters, desperate, desperate, desperate to have mm. their ears pierced. And one's a year and a half older than the other one. So they're very cl- and they diff- one year difference in mm. school. So it's it's quite intense because they're constantly looking at each other. And I eventually I said, you know, I can't remember the exact age, but I said when you're a teenager, you know, or something 12, I can't remember. Um, But again, it was an arbitrary date I'd set sort of just to make it feel like they're grown up now so they can have, you know, and I hadn't really thought it through, if I'm honest. And (laughs) my 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 other daughter recently started begging for another piercing and I'd say, no, no, no. And And then she turned 14 and I said, oh, yeah, okay. And then when I researched this, I just said, yeah, do what you want, you know, (laughs) belly button. I I mean, I don't care um, as long as you can keep it clean because the cleanliness and the place you go to is critical. And she said, wait, hang on a sec. So so how have you changed your mind? And I said, "Okay, because before I wasn't ready... So I admitted that it was all about me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cause I, and I said, oh, you're it. my baby. You're like my last child and you're my <laughs> baby. And she said, oh, mummy, I'll always be your baby. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: that's nothing <laughs> so, though, you're being honest and showing her that you can change your mind as well. Yes,
0: exactly. And then the other thing I said was because I was too lazy. I admitted that to her. I just <laughs> said, you know, the thing is, you've got to think about it. And I just didn't, I couldn't be asked to think about it. So I just kept pushing it back and not... Yeah. So again, showing how you're a (laughs) human and I am naturally fairly conservative. So I'm a kind of, you know, please don't do things that are just going to stay with you for the rest of your life. So um, but that said, my big thing is grooming. So brushing your hair, um, cleaning your finger under your fingernails, doing up your shoelaces, those sorts of things. Mm. I keep saying to them, you know, this is about showing self-respect and if you walk into a room and you haven't bothered to make any effort then people will make decisions about you based on that and that's not a good thing Mm -hmm. so and it again it I guess it is about what other people think of you but also I think we need to learn to have respect for ourselves so it's just about kind of you know and I'm listening to myself say this and then I'm thinking about (laughs) this hilarious I find it hilarious. I shouldn't, I'm sure, because some people are very exercised about it. But in France at the moment, there's a huge political row going on. It was in Elle magazine this month, I think, where mothers and daughters are pitted against each other because the daughters are accessing Instagram and things like that. And, you know, for example, Madonna grew her underarm hair and then her daughter started doing it. And the, these these girls are not shaving or, or waxing or mm. anything any of the things that they traditionally do Mm. whether it's underarm hair leg hair and they're still wearing shorts and skirts, and they're still going out in public like this and the mothers are clutching their pearls and just saying oh la la, this is terrible and the 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 complaints they're using are this isn't hygienic
1: Mm.
0: or they're saying so um, interesting as if if not shaving is not hygienic because guys don't shave these things so I don't really understand how that it differs. Clean, and one mm-hmm. mother in particular was saying she has an older daughter who takes off everything, which she finds very sinister and and a bit too you know influenced by the porn on the internet. Yeah. And the other daughter who, who refuses to remove any of her Gosh. hair and says, you know, my mum's caught in this web of of society's values yeah. that are making her have to do all this grooming that's really unpleasant.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? And I imagine, and I'm not an expert on it by any stretch of the imagination, but I imagine in France it's more extreme than here because people do have hair here, don't they? It's a bit, there's a mm, bit more, of, and yeah. it's, um, it's a, a sort of a choice thing. Um, whereas maybe in other cultures it's there, it's more of a, a norm to, to still to, to shave off all the hair if you're a, if you're a woman, you're underarm and stuff like that. So it's again rebelling against the norm if, yes, it's the if, rebellion thing. If, there, if it's a really strong opinion then there will be a rebellion against it yes. if it's a bit more fluid then there's you don't need to rebel yes
0: and I, I mean I know in Germany when I was traveling as a teenager I remember meeting German girls who had underarm hair mm. and leg hair mm. and I was wow yeah look at that. and but I quite liked it because yeah. it felt very liberating I didn't do it
1: no but again it's i mean i've reacted a bit like that and then caught myself and gone oh why am i reacting like why it's just my norm and and then it's 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 all about awareness again we come back again and again to awareness what what's your own opinion of it and have you sat with that and what do you think and then you make a choice yes and and how much of it
0: somebody else how much of it is our fear of being judged by us culture and our society and And does that matter
1: yeah and fear of the parents you know my teenager does that what's everyone going to think of my parenting skills yes
0: (laughs) yes yeah exactly (laughs) ways that we can discuss this is pick a time to talk so actually make it something where you're prepared to talk calmly Mm. and you're not going to be interrupted listen to your child and talk, let them talk about what, mm. why, why yeah. do you want this thing? So yeah. we're going to come on to tattoos in a minute because <laughs> I love that subject. But why do you want this body piercing or this, you know, this hair or, yeah. or, and then talk about your own feelings. Teenagers will listen to us when we're honest about our feelings and explain why it matters to us. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll follow it, but they will take more they will pay more attention when we're being honest rather than pretending it it's absolutely a hard rule because they'll just yeah or coming with an arbitrary rule that's just how we do it if they if
1: we we have an opinion behind it that's that's much more accessible for them
0: yes and I think when you're listening to them they're much more likely to listen to you and your feelings about Mm. it you need to discuss particularly you know, hair doesn't matter, any of those things. But there are legal issues with piercings and tattoos mm. and they vary. So mm. you mentioned uh, last time that 18 is the legal age here. It varies. So yes, in Australia, tattoos, yeah. different states have yes. different ideas. Same with America, right. same with different countries. Yeah. And they also involve consent. So with piercing, um, intimate parts yeah. require parental consent Ouch. Consent up to a certain <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. So my stepdaughter had her tongue pierced. Yeah. I wasn't there. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have chosen to be there. I don't think she asked me. And we had to suffer several years of her, you know, with this piercing in her tongue, rolling around in her mouth, mm. clicking on the teeth. And mm. um, <laughs> just. And I, did, I hated it, but mm. I, you know, I wasn't going to say anything. I just let her get on with it. Yeah. And eventually she got a boyfriend who said, That's disgusting, take it out. And she took it out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a phase, isn't it? It's an experiment. It's and she really said, not the You know, the, the, the
0: truth is, she's fantastic at her job and yeah. really quite high powered. Yeah. And she said, I couldn't wear that in no. the job I'm in. But she if I, it could, she I would, could, I would, but yeah. I can't. So, you know, so it doesn't mean that they're going to be like that forever. So don't no, panic.
1: Don't catastrophise. Now, tattoos.
0: <laughs> what are your thoughts about tattoos?
1: Well, in this country, it's 18. So my opinion and on, on anything bodily, and I have brought my kids up to really feel that, you know, their body is theirs and what they want to do with it is is their choice within limits, obviously. But tattoos, because it's 18 here, they're an adult by then. So... That's actually none of my business. What they do with their body at, when they're an adult. Ooh, and I'm I'm scratching my head here. <laughs> she is. She's really scratching. I'm building she up for
0: a disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've got a fantastic. I can
1: guide though. I can guide and I can guide, advise. Guide, guide, guide. yes. Guide. And I would and I will. Right. But it's their decision. Okay. No. And
0: yes, that helped because. <laughs> Um, so I have a friend she's who spends all her days uh, removing tattoos. Hmm. So she's a fascinating person to talk to. And I called her because I thought, ah, she's perfect because she has teenagers as well. So she said, look, I, the majority of people who come to my salon, if it's not an eyebrow tattoo, you know, because people are having the eyebrows and their eyeliner and stuff. Um, if it's not those people, uh, the majority of people who come to me to have a tattoo removed had it done on their 18th birthday to piss off their parents. So, Mm. (laughs) and she said, knowing that, I've taken a different approach with my teenagers, which was absolutely, if you would like a tattoo, then that's fine with me. But first of all, you need to come and watch tattoos being removed. And the reason for that is it really hurts. Yeah. And it's also actually quite expensive. And if your skin is anything other than very fair, it can scar. Mm. So you can be left with this for the rest of your life. So the other thing is the problem with 18 is that I remember being 18 and I definitely don't like the same things that I (laughs) liked when I was 18. So the problem is choosing at that age and knowing that you're going to live with that yeah. so her advice was 25's the age because she said she doesn't get people coming in who've had tattoos over the age of 25 and it's interesting because people do have people who do have tattoos um actually quite a large number go on to have more tattoos because they really enjoy it they enjoy mm. the process the thrill and mm. you know, there's that's a whole different thing yeah. but you know these the people who come in and have the smaller tattoos mm. she just said look 25 And that's, and when she said that, we both went, ah, because that's when the prefrontal cortex is developed, right?
1: And they can make good decisions. Make good decisions.
0: She also said, if your teen is going to um, go down this route, her attitude is you need to follow tattoo artists. You need to go to the conventions, see them, see them at work and see the way that they do it. Mm. Think about, you know, this is like buying a house. I mean, you're doing something quite permanent. And it's even more permanent. But also, she said, if you call the person and they have availability within the next six months, don't go to them. Mm -hmm. Because she said all the good tattoo artists are booked up six months at minimum in Mm -hmm. advance. So you really want to be, if you're going to make a decision like that, I think it's worth, you know, as soon as they start talking about it, go through that stuff with them and tell them that they really need to be following tattoo nightmares on YouTube so they can see all the stuff that can go wrong. Not to say, I'm not trying to put you off. (laughs) I'm just trying to make you aware because, you know, the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians, they all did this. It's not it's not a brand new thing, but it's become more taboo because, you know, it was only the sailors and military personnel who were embracing it. And, you know, body art in England and in quite a few Western cultures is not really yeah uh, except it in the workplace, so no
1: well, a little I think it's that's changing a bit um for some, but in some definitely sectors. yeah, definitely, um, definitely, I mean, my eldest was kind of a few years ago he's he's only seventeen, like he's like oh, a tattoo that would be fun, and we just talked about it and um I, th- I see my role as as advisory and definitely, yes. definitely when they get to 18, they're an adult. So, you know, even if I don't like the idea, it's, 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 that's, it's their body. Yeah. Um, I feel quite strongly about that. Um, but I can definitely advise and say, you know, have you thought about maybe having a smaller one or have you thought about what you'll do at work? You know, so that they have all the information. But if you're not, yeah. if they're having to push against you because you've got no then you know they might go just and have one just for the hell of it. <laughs> well, exactly, like that your scenario. friend said, yeah. Um, so it's an advisory role in, in all in all aspects. So that the transition for, from late teens into adulthood, we are advising. With, mm. You know, you can have strong, you can you nudge quite strongly, but you know, it's it's not really our choice. I don't think. No, time.
0: and there's no harm in saying I basically I don't like X Y Z. Yeah. But that's that's up to you. So it is not because if you put it in that way, then rather than a reaction to you, they're taking on board that oh, there are other people who may see it differently, Um, and also reminding them that the workplace is much more flexible now. uh, But the majority of people in the workplace are older. And yeah. the older people actually i saw something saying that millennials have more tattoos than z generation so it's it's kind of one oh, okay. up and then it's it's dipped yeah, again Yeah, it
1: was very trendy wasn't it yeah i mean i definitely by 18 it, it's they're they're an adult it's it's that's not our job anymore no. I, I feel
0: no and if they're going to do it again consider cover-ups you know how do you cover it if yeah. you don't you know if you're not going to want to show it um avoid names yeah, especially your partners, because <laughs> it might not be the same. I'm going to love him forever. <laughs> <laughs> and one, one last question that intrigued me was, where do you think, which nation has the most tattoos? Yeah, you,
1: you've... I've told you. You've like, told me. You,
0: you were, you, <laughs> I guess You said Germany. Germany, didn't you? And it's Italy, yeah. which, which surprised me. Although I did go on holiday to Puglia, which is in the heel of the boot of Italy, And we stayed at this most lovely hotel that was quite expensive. And we went to the swimming pool and... I, I think just every single person around the swimming pool had big tattoos. Yeah. And it shocked me because it's not really so, it wasn't really socially acceptable yeah. here, yeah. although it's become more socially yeah, acceptable. little ones are socially acceptable here. Yes, They're quite yes. cool and quite cool. And there are certain ones that mean certain yeah. things that... Um, but that
1: shows it's a cultural thing as well, isn't it's it? A know, it's a cultural thing. You know, you do, what, you do what everyone around you does. So that's why it's really important that, you know, teenagers... Uh, aren't having too much pressure that they're really getting the information getting the advice and then they can then they can make their own choices
0: yes and And one last thing
1: I read was that women and other minorities just like
0: swearing they're more likely to experience negative effects of having visible ink at Mm, the work interesting yeah which is really annoying yes but important to know
1: so they can probably have a pretty little flower yeah flower's okay but maybe not a tiger but yeah (laughs) not a big anchor on there (laughs) goodness that would be so funny. <laughs> yes <laughs> are you
0: inked or would it never cross your mind we'd love to hear your thoughts you can find us on facebook instagram or help at teenagers in our next episode we'll talk about lying teenagers why are they doing it? And how should we react? Also, does your teen accuse you of letting the younger siblings get away with murder whilst the older one has to do all the work in breaking down barriers?
1: Yes. Never heard that one before.
0: <laughs> Pretty much every day. Pretty much, yeah. And I, I'm yeah, mayor culpa. That's it for now. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Review us so that other people can find us more easily. Tell your friends and send us any questions that you have. We're also on Instagram or Facebook and Susie's own website, which is susieasleymindfulness.co.uk. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye Finna.